you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. Hey, hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Adulthood Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. I hope you guys really enjoyed the season two premiere. I had a great time recording it, and I'm so excited about this new version of the podcast that I'm bringing to you guys. You can watch it, you can listen to it, and I've gotten some really good feedback so far, so I hope you guys really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. In today's episode, you guys saw the title. It's Money Maxims to Live and Die By, and I feel like these are really important things to incorporate into Um, kind of like your financial practice or however you're budgeting and thinking about the future. I think these really sum up 10 really amazing things to kind of live and die by. So I think having that money credo to live by not only helps you feel more in control of your money, but also helps guide your future money decisions. And you know what the kicker is? Most people don't have a set of guidelines for themselves. They're just kind of like doing whatever. Now, in this episode, I'll be covering my personal favorite money maxims and ones that I've tried to pass on to my clients that have allowed them to thrive with their money. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you guys quickly about my budget intensives. Um, I think the issue most people have implementing a practical budget, which serves them, is not knowing where to start and being overwhelmed with the process of getting their money organized. And I created my budget intensives exactly for this situation. It's a fantastic way to work together one-on-one and I have a month of support with your budget. So we'll set up your budget and then there'll be a month of support after that as well. You'll leave with a practical budget, clearly defined goals to work towards, and a plan of action for the next six plus months. And that will guide you through paying off your debt or saving for your long-term goals. And it's time to take back control of your finances by preparing you and your family for the future and giving you a strategy and the confidence to spend money on the things that make you happy. So I have two spots available in March and you can grab your spot at AngelaHatchie.com slash budget intensives, or I always put the links in the show notes as well. So let's get into the meat of this episode. And I'm going to cover these first few maxims. We're going to break them down, talk about how we can start thinking about them in the bigger sense and how we can implement them into our own lives. The very first one, and I think probably the most important, the first money maxim is to live on less. And this is something that I think is so prevalent in our society because If you listen to the last episode, I mentioned how there will never be an end to the amount of things that we can buy or the little tidbits we can add to our house or to our kitchen, and there will never be an end to our want to buy things. And we live in such a consumer-driven society that it's really easy to kind of fall into that trap. And I was just having this conversation with my boyfriend, Kevin, um, while we were walking our dog this weekend about how it's really hard to not compare yourself to like... The people that we know that are married and they have kids and they bought their first house and they're thinking about buying their second house and just being okay with where we are and living on less. Like we live in a very small place. Like I think it's less than like 700 square feet. It's the two of us and we're just like kind of 
living on the least amount we can and saving so that when we get to our thirties, our mid thirties, we're like doing great. And it's really hard to stay in that space and be okay with it. Of <laughs> Like, yeah, you want to come over to our house. We're having um, like a couple of friends over and there's not very much space. And so it's like, feeling okay and comfortable with the process and being okay with like, you know what, we're okay living on less and just kind of like spending our money where our priorities are so that later in life we're doing great and we're not like struggling, drowning in debt. We're not (laughs) unable to afford our mortgage. And really, if you can apply that principle to your life of like, how can I live on less? How can I live a more simple life that's not full of so much stuff? Like I know all of us have so, so much stuff and Amazon makes it really easy to order whatever you need in that moment. Um, It takes 10 seconds to order something. And two days later, it's at your house. You can order mattresses and dressers and it's just, there's no end to it. And so that's the very first thing that I have really worked really hard to implement into my own life is just living on less, not getting caught up in like, I need new winter outfits for winter. I need new bathing suits for summer, or I need the latest and greatest. It's just focusing on like what my priority priorities are and putting my money there. So that's the first one. The second one is a budget equals freedom. And that is something that I have to break down with clients and people that I talk to is the conception of a budget is that it's super restrictive, right? It means you only get to spend X amount of dollars on groceries or X amount of dollars on fun. And if we can kind of flip it on its head as like a budget is freedom because it's allowed me to pay off all of my debt. That's an amazing freedom that I now have. It's allowed me to build up a six month emergency fund that I've had to use twice now. That's freedom to me. It was freedom when I had to use it and my dad got sick and I was able to kind of put school and put work on hold and use that money. Like if I didn't have that money, that would be an actual trap, right? Because I would have been stuck in a hard place. And it's also allowed me to pay for three or four international trips in cash, not have to put it on a credit card. Like that is freedom. We just need to look at it in a different way and kind of flip that conception on its head and say, if I budget, it means I get to do the things that I want to do. And it sets me up for success later in life by having an emergency fund. So I don't have to like struggle through rough times. It's just like been the most amazing way to think about it. And for me to kind of like give to my clients and students that I work with, like, think about it this way. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could be free of debt and have thousands of dollars in the bank? Like then you, if you're like a great example is like, I think everybody has been stuck in like a toxic work environment. If you have an emergency fund, you're not stuck there. You could say, see you later, boss man or boss woman. I'm going to go take three weeks off and I'm going to go find a better job. And you're not stuck in like a toxic work environment somewhere that you don't want to be. It gives you that freedom to have options. So that's the second one. The third thing to live and die by is the phrase, I work hard for my money and I make my money work hard for me. That is such a crucial thing because I see so many people that just have like their money sitting in a regular savings account or they don't think about making every one of their dollars work really hard for them because we work 40 plus hours a week for our money and it takes away our time from our family or our friends or from going on vacation. We're spending those hours at work instead, earning, trading our time and energy for money. So if we think about money, like, okay, I just earned this money. How can I make it work really hard for me? You can do that by paying yourself first, setting yourself up with an emergency fund, investing it into your IRA or into your 401k so that future you is taken care of. There are so many ways to make your money work again for you. And that's kind of like the barrier to some people succeeding is like, if you're just letting your money sit in your bank account and you're not putting it into action, like telling it where to go and what to do for you, you're missing out on a huge chunk of money. And a great example Like if you do not have a high interest savings account, that would be after this episode, 
go get one immediately. There are tons of different high interest or sometimes they're called high yield savings accounts. And the one I have is with Capital One. And every month you earn money on your money by just letting it sit there. So your traditional savings account is like, what, 0.01% interest on it. Maybe you'll make a couple pennies every month. Um, before the coronavirus happened, the average rates for high yield savings account were like, um, I think one point something percent. So every month I was making like $50, $60 on my money by just letting it sit there. So it's making my money. It's going to be sitting there. I'm using it for long-term savings or I'm using it for to hold my emergency fund, but I want to be earning money on it while it's just sitting there. I might as well. So take advantage of those little ways that you can make your money work hard for you. The fourth one is don't spend money you haven't earned yet. <laughs> Again, this goes into the consumerism portion of um, our lifestyles and the society that we live in. So many people are like, oh, well, I'm getting a bonus check in December, whatever, my holiday bonus. And they've already like spent the money before it's actually come in. And that goes with like credit cards, bonuses, if you make commission or something and you're like expecting money to come in. And then we spend like above and beyond what that amount is because we're like, oh, in three months, I'm getting a bonus or whatever. And you've already spent that money. And then you're like, I'll just put it on my credit card. And then when my bonus comes in, then I will pay my credit card. It's kind of like a backwards way to think about things. There's no rush on the things that we need in life. Like we can wait three months. We can wait eight months, 12 months for the thing, for our money to come in. We don't need to be spending all the time in anticipation of making money because that's where we get into trouble. So if you're like expecting to get a raise and so you raise um, your living costs, like you get a more expensive apartment, you add on more subscriptions um, and your lifestyle kind of expands in that way because we're depending on a raise, um, we can get into trouble and real hot water if something happens and we don't have an emergency fund and we are really, really counting on that raise to get us to the lifestyle that we want. So never spend money that you haven't earned yet, whether it's like a $50 birthday check from your grandma, don't go spend it before you have it. Make sure you have that money and you've taken care of everything else before you go spend that. That's a great, great one. Um, the fifth one is that your worthiness as a person, as a human being is not tied to your net worth. Because I know if you're listening to this episode, you probably listen to other financial people and people are always talking about their net worth and their investment properties and all this other shit. And it is so easy to get caught up in like the comparison game where you're like, so many people are starting off with a negative net worth because a lot of people are in debt or they have their mortgages. And so a lot of people have a negative net worth and it makes you feel badly about yourself. Sometimes if you're looking at it and you're like, I'm never going to get to the top side of this, right? I'm never going to get to positive 10,000 net worth. And I don't ever put like a high, high importance on calculating your net worth or for like having that number in the back of your mind. Um, but I think people, when they get into like the finance game and they start consuming more finance content. Uh, maybe you've, you're in this position right now, but a lot of like the things coming at you are like based around your net worth, like increase your net worth and, you know, buy an investment property and all that kind of stuff. But I always like to reiterate to people is like your worthiness as a human being is not tied to that number at all. It's just a number, just like your credit score, just like the scale, just like whatever else we use as like a numerical value in our lives. Your worthiness is not tied to that. It's just something that helps you measure how you're doing overall. It's like a big picture. So speaking of net worth, um, I want to talk about my budget planners. And I have used so many budget planners in the past six, seven years that I've been working on my finances. And I found there was always something I wished 
each one of those tools had. So basically, I've been taking notes over those years and I made what I deem to be the best budget planner around. It has space to keep track of your monthly and annual goals, sheets to track your debt payoff plan and long-term savings goals. It also has that net worth page in it and it has all of the monthly sheets that I use on a regular basis. And I can tell you, I've been loving using it and just having all of that information in one place month to month. So this means that there's pages for your monthly budget overview. There's a calendar. There's like so many resources in there. And then I also included bonus sheets every week to help you stay on track with the things that everybody spends more money than they want to on. So there is space every week to budget out your groceries and plan for your weekly meals, um, which will hold you accountable to your spending goals so you can save for the other stuff that you care about. And it's undated, which means you can use it year round. There's no more waiting for a new year to get started. And I also included tutorials, which means um, you can go back to those resources and see all my tips and tricks. I walk you through how to set it up. But having that system to manage your money is crucial for your long-term financial success. It doesn't need to be complicated. It just needs to happen. So you can grab your 12-month budget planner at angelahatchie.com slash budget planner, or I link it in the show notes. So let's move on to this last half. We just did the top five money maxims to live by, and we'll close out this episode with the next five. This next one is, again, something that I feel like I really have to dig in with people that I work with. And it's being responsible with my finances is an act of radical self-care for me and my family. We kind of consume a lot of content that is like self-care related, like take a self-care day, take a bath, go read a book, go do something for yourself. But I don't think people think of taking care of your finances as that same act of self-care. It's just like, oh, some uh, administrative stuff I have to do. But if we can think about it in a deeper sense of like my finances touch everything in my life, my ability to put food on the table, to put a roof over my head, to prepare for retirement, to take care of like my pets or my kids if they get sick, touches my ability to go do the things I care about, like go on vacation or go for a spa day, your ability to enjoy your money, your finances touch everything in your life. So if you commit to the process of like, being responsible for my finances is an act of self-care. And every time you show up, put put that into your self-care day. Like if you have Saturdays off or you have Wednesdays off or whatever it is, put that into your self-care routine. Of It just makes you feel so much about, more better about your bank account, about your finances, about the future to sit down and spend 10 to 15 minutes with your money. Because there is no replacement for the confidence that you feel when you spend time taking care of your money. It makes you feel responsible. It makes you feel like you're taking care of the future and doing everything that you can to prepare for emergencies or to do the stuff that you care about. And it really is such an act of self-care to take care of yourself and to take care of your family. So that's another great way to think about your money. This next one is my financial choices are my responsibility. So I made a video a while ago. Um, I feel like this is always kind of a touchy point with some people, um, but I really, really believe that every situation that you're in is a consequence of your financial choices. So if you are in debt, it means you made the choice to take out a loan, a student loan, a home loan, a car loan, you made that choice. And that is just simply a reflection of that choice. And so as we move forward with our finances, if we continue to place blame on whatever external um, circumstances there are, there will always be something to blame it on. But the minute that we take full responsibility for things of like, yes, I made that commitment to my student loans or to my car loans, and now it's my responsibility to deal with it. <laughs> and that is um, kind of the bread and butter of my whole financial journey is that 
nobody was going to come into my life and be like, listen, Angela, I hear you need some help with your finances. I knew that if in 40, 50 years, I didn't want to be like struggling and pinching pennies and really like really budgeting on a shoestring budget. I was going to have to do something about it. So it meant that it was my responsibility to educate myself because we never learn it in school. Um, Nobody ever teaches us like, how do you save for retirement? What is a 401k? Like that information is rarely covered. And so for me to take that responsibility and for you to take that responsibility will be the biggest game changer ever because it means that you have autonomy over every financial decision in your life. Nobody is going to take out a loan without your permission and nobody spends money without your permission either. You are the sole um, person that gets to control that. And so the minute you take responsibility for that and say, I'm in the driver's seat, I'm taking an active role in my finances, everything will change because then you have power over how much money you earn. If you want to get a side gig, how much money you're spending on groceries, how much money you're spending on fun stuff, what you get to do that you enjoy doing. Do you get to pay for vacation and cash? All of that stuff is now in your hands. And so that is a huge game changer. So these last three we'll get through. Um, number eight of money maxims to live and die by is avoid debt unless it's a well thought out investment that you know you will get a return on investment on. Now, I will never tell people like avoid debt at all costs. There's no debt that you should take out. I believe that there is good debt and there's bad debt. It's just about making the distinction about which is going to serve you and which is going to hold you back for five years, for 10 years, for two decades, and having that clear picture and boundary in your mind. So for me, I am continuously always trying to invest in myself and my skills and my business. And before I take on any sort of big investment, whether it's debt, whether it's not debt, whether I'm paying for it in cash, um, I don't. I haven't put anything on my credit card in quite some time, but that goes into my further um, like teaching and philosophy. So for example, I would say taking out a car loan generally, the majority of the time would be a bad debt or an undesirable, undesirable debt. I don't necessarily like using terms like bad debt because I don't want people to feel badly about it. Maybe we can call it an undesirable debt because it's not something that you're going to get a return on investment on, right? As soon as you drive it off the lot, the price goes down and it's a depreciating asset. It will never make money for you. That would be a um, an example, a really great example of debts that people go into that maybe are not super well thought out or they feel like they have to do this thing and they've never bought a car in cash. They don't know there's another way. Um, that would be an example of like an undesirable debt of like putting a lot of your money, hard work, hard energy that you've expended into something that's never going to make you money. It's going to make you lose money. In fact, over the years as you drive it, um, an example of a good debt would be um, okay, here's a great example. Right now I'm deciding whether to get my CFP, which is certified financial planner. For me to get my CFP, it's going to cost me about $6,000, including like I have to go back to college, which sucks. <laughs> and I hate giving um, more money to the colleges because I think it's so overpriced. Again, that's an episode for a different day. But basically, before I decided to go through with this, I was like, is this something that I know I'm going to get my return on investment on? Is it worth it? Am I just going to shell out thousands of dollars and not get a return on it? Um, and I basically sat down and really thought about it. I've spent like a month thinking about it, talked to different people, um, looked at jobs. I'm like, okay, how much money could I make as a CFP if like, God forbid, this business doesn't work out and I can't work for myself, which 
is the last thing that I want. Um, but I love having like an insurance policy. I also love that I will be able to offer more services to my clients and to my students, like beyond budgeting and like essential money management. And so when I'm thinking about like, is this debt going to be something that is going to serve me or is it going to be something that holds me back? So if I was to put it on a credit card, I'm planning on cash flowing the whole thing, um, which again is something that I had to do, go do the math on. I'm like, is this going to be worth it or is it not going to be worth it? Um, so before you go into any sort of big financial commitment, whether it's debt or whether it's just going to be a large amount of money, always spend the time to think about if you're going to get a return on investment on it or are you doing it just because you feel like you have to, it's the next step, like buying a house, or buying a new car, or is it something that's really going to be worth your time, your energy, and your money? So number nine of our money maxims is to pay yourself first. This also will be a big game changer for yourself. So anytime I get paid, I'm on variable income, so I get paid multiple times a week, never on the same day, never the same amount of money, and no matter what that amount is, I always skim usually 10 to 15% off the top of whatever I get paid and I put it towards future me. That's what I mean by pay yourself first. I'm talking about pay your future self first. Put it towards retirement, um, put it towards something that is an investment that you're going to get a return on investment on, um, but always pay yourself first instead of paying like, let me pay my bills and then whatever's left at the end of the month, then I will pay myself by putting it towards retirement um, because I find if we skim that off the top, whatever we have left, we will make work. So for example, if I made like $4,000 for the month and I put $400 in my retirement fund as soon as I got paid and I had, let me do the math in my head real quick, $3,600 left for the month, I will make that amount work. If I spend at the beginning of the month and I just like, depending on whatever amount is left at the end of the month, maybe it's like $200, maybe it's 150. And it's not that full 10 to 15% that I want to put. Because if we're not making it a priority right away, I promise you the money will go somewhere. And if you don't make it go somewhere first, it will just go wherever. So that is a really great one to implement into your budgeting practice as well. And this last one is where you spend your money is a reflection of your priorities. If you spend your money on Amazon, if you spend your money on credit cards, if you spend your money on um, frivolous things, that is a reflection of pr your priorities, whether you've thought about it in those terms or not. If instead you're spending your money on your retirement, on things that you care about, on um, saving for a house, on investments, on things that are going to give you um, your money back, a return on investment that are going to serve you really well, that is also a reflection of, of your priorities. But I don't think people think about it on that scale of like wherever you're spending your money impulsively or at stores where you have credit cards, that is also a reflection of your priority. And honestly, one of the great parts about budgeting is that if you have any question about where you spend your money, it will become abundantly clear to you where your priorities lie once you put together a budget. Because if you're putting 60% of your money every month towards debt, I know that you're not currently prioritizing debt, like you enjoy being in debt, but it is a reflection of your choices and where your money is currently going is a priority. So if you are going to be putting 60% towards your debt, you might as well put together a plan to pay off your debt so you can free up that 60% and put it towards something else that you care about. And I hope that makes sense. But once you put together a budget, you will have no question about like, okay, I spent way too much money on food. That obviously has been an unknown priority to me is overspending on food. Or I spent a lot at um, on Amazon. That is a reflection of your priorities too. 
And the very last quote that I want to leave you with. So those are the top 10 financial money maxims to live by. And those are things that I implement into my life every month, every week on a yearly basis. And something that has really like helped shape how I think about money and how I think about finances. And what I like to teach to people is if we can think about money in these different ways, like a budget is freedom. Don't spend money you haven't earned yet. You work really hard for your money. So make your money work hard for you. It all helps guide your future spending and your future saving and helps just kind of like guide your whole financial process. So um, a quote that I feel like sums this up is from P.T. Barnum, who you might know that last name sounds familiar. He basically was like a poor country boy that made something out of himself. And he was an entrepreneur. He was a politician. And he started what you know now as Barnum and Bailey Circus. And he was like a showman. And so his quote is, money is a terrible master, but an excellent servant. And I feel like that just sums up everything because if you are not in control of your money, if you haven't taken responsibility for your finances, your money is a master of you. And it's a terrible master because it makes you feel like you get paid and all your money is gone or you get paid and you don't get to do anything you want. But it's an excellent servant, which means when you earn your money and you're in control of it and you've taken responsibility for it, you're making your money go do the things you want it to. You're making it a priority to spend your money where you see fit, whether it's prioritizing paying off your debt or saving for your emergency fund or going towards a vacation, an annual vacation you can take your family on. Um, it's an excellent servant because you get to tell it what to do and that's how it should be. So I hope those were helpful for you guys and you can implement those into your daily life, into your budget. And I think you will see a huge difference when you start thinking about your budget and your finances in that way. Um, one last thing I wanted to note at the end of this episode is that I have created this new service that I'm really excited about. It's a done for you personal budget manager where I will do everything for you. The whole budgeting process I will do for you. And I have a very specific person in my mind that it would be perfect for. Um, my sister is like my ideal client that I base this service around because she makes great money. She works super hard, but sometimes she doesn't have time to like make lunch or make dinner because life is busy and it's hectic and Many of us would like to budget and it's just like the thought of doing it is overwhelming and we're like, I can't add something else to my plate. And so that's what this done for you budget service is all about is I will take it off your plate and I will do all the behind the scenes work for you, set up your budget, close out your budget, do your weekly money check-ins, give you to updated totals, um, give you suggestions on like how much money to transfer on what day to what account. We'll talk about your goals. And it's just like, I will do all the heavy lifting behind the scenes for you and then just keep it really nice and organized for you so that you just check in on your, um, I'm going to be doing it on a sauna. I don't know if any of you know what a sauna is, but you'll basically have your own board and you'll just be tagged in like the your to-do items for the week. And it just makes it really easy. Just log into your sauna board and see what's up for the week and how much you have in each category. And it is just going to make it so much easier. So I'm super excited about it. If you're interested and you're like, that sounds like something I could use, um, you can go to my website and under the work with me tab, you can find the done for you personal budget manager. So check that out if it's something you're interested in and you guys can find me on Instagram. I would love to connect with you over there. Send me a DM. Um, I answer every DM. And if you want to send me an email, if you have any questions about anything from this episode, you can send me an email. It's also in the show notes for this. It's Angela at AngelaHatchie.com. 
my Instagram is the same name, Angela Hatchie on Instagram, on everything. And you can find me there. And if you are interested in a budget intensive or um, getting your budget planner, the link for that will also be in the show notes. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope that these really take hold in your life and you can start implementing them into your finances and into kind of your money mindset as well. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode.